0: We have been in an amazing series on the book of Ecclesiastes, the wisdom literature of Solomon, which covers the latter years of his life, where he is being introspective and considering the life that he has lived, one where he has been blessed with wealth beyond measure, power, and supernatural wisdom. He serves as a fascinating case study for us who are ambitious, who want to reach our full potential, but he provides the context of the emptiness that he has felt Of exclusively validating his life through earthly pursuits. The catchphrase of this book is the word vanity and meaninglessness and we routinely hear Solomon mourn the lack of eternal purpose in this life. Last week in chapter 7 we covered wisdom and folly. I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode in my podcast but today we're gonna pick up in chapter 8 and we're gonna do verses 1 through 17. Who is like the wise? And who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, And who may say to him, What are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. For there is a time and a way for everything, although a man's trouble lies heavy on him. For he does not know what is to be. For who can tell him how it will be? No man has the power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge for more, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. All of this I observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun, when man had power over man to his hurt. I'm going to take a pause and look at 8 verses 1 through 9. This passage deals with an issue that is of most frustration and consternation to most believers because it deals with ruling authorities of this life. We are trying to live our lives that is pleasing to God, where we're growing in our faith, where we're living biblically, and where we are trying to pass those faith traditions down to our children and our families, all the while being good neighbors and valuable citizens and people who are active in providing compassion and help to this world. Throughout church history, from its inception, The Christian church has at times weathered antagonistic relationships with governing authorities, going back to the Roman Empire. And what you have in King Solomon's day, you have a Jewish king who, though he is leading Israel through one of the most prosperous and peaceful times of their history, knows the scars of conflict and knows the awesome responsibility of power, and he challenges it to obey the king's command, to respect his power. Because God is not calling us to anarchy, but he is calling us to godliness. And so you can't necessarily compel every citizen of a country to live biblically, but you can create an environment where Christians can influence their culture in a grassroots manner as opposed to ruling over people. Romans 13, 1-7 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. It goes on to say that rulers are not a terror to good conduct, and they're designed to keep the peace and provide a means of civilization. 1 Peter 2, 13-17 says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as set by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. That is the way the government was instituted by God. And we have a complicated relationship when our rulers don't do well. In America, we live in a democratic republic, and it is upon us to make sure that we are appropriately bringing our faith into our citizenship and making sure that we don't incite Anarchy or are overly antagonistic in a way that reflects poorly on the gospel, but we are to respectfully bring our faith to bear in the public square and stand up for those who are in need and preferably serve as citizens of this republic. And I know that that is a source of frustration for many. It is difficult to watch politicians make poor decisions, it is difficult to know how to behave when things don't go our way. And what Solomon is really telling us at this point is that while we are called to live godly lives and influence our culture, we are to do so with a reminder this is not all there is, that we live for so much more than what we are experiencing right now. King Solomon does not shy away from the harsh realities of life and death, but instead encourages a wise, joyful, and full engagement with our lives. Because friend, the wisdom that we're learning here is what we can use to help change our communities. King Solomon's wisdom that he's imparting in the book of Ecclesiastes is really valuable in allowing us to keep our lives and our influence in perspective. No one can fully comprehend what the future holds. Wisdom helps us navigate uncircumstances. And that is the wisdom that helps us understand our place in this world and our influence in it, because faith, discipleship, and wisdom help Christians make a difference in a confusing and broken world. To make sense of these first nine verses, we need to finish the chapter. So let's jump in on verse 10. Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place where they praised, in the city where they had done such things. This is also vanity. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know it will be well with those who fear God, because they fear before him, but it will not be well with the wicked. Neither will he prolong his days like a shadow, because he does not fear before God. There is a vanity that takes place on earth. There are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. And there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this is also vanity. And I commend joy, for man has nothing better to do under the sun but to eat, drink, and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun." When I applied my heart to know wisdom, and to see the business that it has done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes see sleep, then I see all the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out, even though a wise man claims to know he cannot find it out. And friend, this ending passage defines our relationship with God. We do not know what the future holds, we do not know what God knows, and we are in a posture of trust and faith as we live this life. That is why our spiritual disciplines are so important, that is why our Bible reading is so important, and that is why our worship is so important. As we go in and experience transformative worship, as we let the Word of God get into our lives, form our character, and provide our hope, as our prayer life allows us to offer up our concerns and our hopes and our dreams to God, who then can instruct us on how to live and give us the hope that we seek. In these uncertain times, I know it is easy to cling on to man-made structures, high-profile personalities, and other ways that we can seek comfort and stability in an unstable world. But friend, just remember our confidence, our strength, our stability comes from the gospel and not from anything else. It takes the posture of living eternally to allow us to make a difference temporally. And God will call us and use us and and we will experience great feelings of fulfillment and satisfaction when that happens. When we find ourselves not in control, when we find ourselves at the mercy of culture, remember that God will give us resilience beyond our imagination and capacity. God will empower us in ways and strengthen us in ways and mature us in ways that will surprise us. And in so doing, we find our purpose in life and we find our ability to influence and make a difference. As we wind down, let's remember. King Solomon's wisdom, in many cases, exudes an acute understanding of what he can change and what he cannot. Therefore, whatever happens, quote, under the sun, is temporary and out of control. But friend, as we move from King Solomon's resignation of our mortality and the limitations of this life, does a greater job of pointing to the hope of the gospel and the eternality of that promise. The promise that Christ— died for us, forgives us our sins, cleanses us, helps us on our discipleship path, and offers a right future of hope with him as forgiven children of God. And my friend, if you're looking for a positive message in these uncertain times, that is one that has brought comfort to Christians for millennia and is one that we need to make sure we are sharing with those around us friend as we wind down today's program i want to end it where we began let's look back at the first part of verse one where it says a man's wisdom makes his face shine and the hardness of his face is changed this is a demonstration of solomon letting us know that wisdom can help us face the future with confidence And with optimism wisdom took the hardness from his face and changed it to where his face shined it does not mean he was free of problems or challenges or even that he had the promise of a perfect future or perfect outcomes solomon always steers us towards wisdom in these uncertain times even amid the limitations of his humanity He was able to rely on God for wisdom and reason, to be able to handle his daily life, to make wise decisions in a culture that is confusing, and to be able to make a difference for those around him. Friend, we can do the same. If we will rely on God's wisdom, God will see us through difficult circumstances, confusing culture, and allow us to speak truth into this culture in a way that honors the gospel. Remember that God is in control, even when worldly governing authorities are not. And finally, the happily ever after we seek is not of this world. And when we accept that and understand that, it allows us to live a life of sacrifice. It allows us to live a life of hope. It allows us to live with confidence that God is in control and that hope resides beyond this life. If King Solomon could not predict what was going to happen understood the limitations of his wisdom and knowledge. We can understand ours as well. But in so doing, we're able to yield our personal agendas for what God is doing. And that worldview allows us to make a difference and live with purpose in this broken world. Friend, I hope you are having a wonderful day today. I hope that this passage will give you encouragement that we need not worry about the immediacy of things around us. God has greater plans and greater hopes. And if we live for him, we will realize that. Friend, I'm so glad you could join me today. I invite you to join me again next week as we venture into chapter nine of this powerful book. And I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.